That's something that I think in this space, in all these cultural buckets, that a lot of folks don't spend that much time, right? That homework. Instead, they just jump to the, the immediate conclusion of like, oh, let's just shove NFTs in here and then hopefully it works. And sometimes it does, at least for a short term. But then you'll see that it, it doesn't really like consistently uh, work out. Hey, everybody. Tanner here with Wagner Ventures. On today's episode, we have Benny Yang, co-founder and partner at Future Primitive. For anyone who's new, this is the Wagner Ventures podcast, where we do snapshots with interesting builders, founders, and investors from across Web3. Check out wagnerventures.io to learn more about the syndicate behind the podcast. But for now, let's get into it with Benny at Future Primitive. All right. Hey, everybody. I'm here today with Benny Yang, co-founder and partner at Future Primitive. Benny, how are you doing today? What's going on? Hey, Tanner. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Really excited. Yeah, super pumped to chat. So Future Primitive is fascinating to me, and so is a lot of your prior work. So maybe by way of kind of quick intro, let's tee up where you've been a little bit, if that's cool. Because I'm I'm sure you've talked about it plenty, but you were a founding member of CryptoKitties and of Dapper Labs. So would love to go back. Maybe talk us through how your interest in Web3 originated and how that's translated into getting more formally involved kind of at the beginning for you. Yeah. So my journey started about eight years ago. I was working at startup companies and all of that, dropped out of school. And, you know, I think what was really interesting in the early days was that all I really heard about crypto was like someone buying a pizza with Bitcoin. And the company I was part of was called Axiom Zen. It was a venture studio based here in Vancouver, Canada. That's where I'm based. And Axiom Zen had a really interesting philosophy around becoming a home, a home for founders. Uh, to launch several projects and experiment. And so it was tech agnostic. And so I joined that team. It was about 40 people when I joined. And we did anything from VR live streaming to enterprise SaaS to location-based dating apps, mobile games, and AR, VR experiments. And so it was a really fun time. And crypto or blockchain was one, one area within Axiom Zen that was being explored. And in the very beginning, there was a team that kind of like was tinkering around with enterprise use cases around decentralized IDs and or what we call real world assets now. And, you know, the company didn't really have a reputation in the crypto space. This was like 2016. So what they ended up doing was like, they asked me and a, a few others inside of the studio to like, hey, let's launch a toy project that's for funds. It, it involves cats. And it's one way for us to learn solidity and also for us to, you know, think about it in a different way. And so that's where CryptoKitties came into fruition around mid-2016. And so that, that's when the idea came. And then 2017, we started working on it and we officially launched the beta version at ETH Waterloo. And so that's kind of how all the events happened. And so at that time, when we launched CryptoKitties, we were still Axiom Zen, but uh, as you all know, like things started to pick up quite dramatically. And so we spun out to become Dapper Labs. I was employee number 13 there. And yeah, Dapper Labs continued to grow, building Cheese Wizards, Dapper Wallet, eventually the Flow Blockchain and NBA Top Shot. And I, I pretty much spent the last six years at that at Axiom Zen and all the way to Dapper. Had the chance to, near the end, lead one of the main product teams for NBA Top Shot. And that was extremely exciting and learned a lot. Nowadays, we, we talk a lot about mainstream use cases for crypto and how do we build apps that people use. And 
you know, getting that chance to build something as big as NBA Top Shot with millions of users, over a billion dollars of gross market volume, and like, you know, working through, you know, probably hundreds of prototypes, user interviews, all of that, it really gave a perspective of like the homework that a lot of people don't think is involved when building a huge large scale application like NBA Top Shot, especially for folks that uh, have no clue what crypto is. Uh, and so uh, being, you know, from the kiddies all the way to basketball, it was a really fun journey. Uh, and that led me to, you know, eventually depart from Dapper Labs about two years ago. And I met my co-founder, Steve Jang. And with a similar thought in mind, we felt that the intersection of culture and Web3 was still at its early stages, which I still think it is. And we formed Future Primitive. In the beginning, the purpose of Future Primitive was to be an on-chain product studio, similar to early Axiom Zen Roots, and do a lot of experimentation. So we ended up working with streetwear fashion brands with Jeff Staple at Staple Pigeon, Billionaire Boys Club from Pharrell and Nigo, and several others. And so that was the beginning journey for FP. And we'll probably get into the more the latest present day things. But yeah, that's been the journey. Love it. Super cool. Okay. So, you know, before we talk about Future Primitive, which I want to really dive in on deep, but I'm curious about this interest that you mentioned between really like Web3 and culture. I'm especially curious because it came kind of before NFTs, right? Like, I'm curious, how did this intersection of sort of crypto and culture, this interest in that intersection, how did that evolve as things became more tangible and real over time for the possibilities for that intersection? Yeah, I think you know, if we rewinded back time to 2016 or, or late, uh, early 2017, like, you know, we were looking at CryptoPunks. I think CryptoPunks really changed our perspective as we were, you know, going down that rabbit hole and looking at all these use cases and at that time, as you know, it was like the ICO boom. So it was a little bit really, I mean, it was really crazy and reading all these white papers and I was like, what's going on with this? Like, there's nothing here that's like that interesting. And we looked at the punks and we're like, okay, like digital art seems interesting. Like it has a thesis and like, you know, how come, you know, even in the real world, like you, you as a human, like you, you own, you own currency, right, of your wherever you belong, and then you also own like objects, right? That could be your phone. It could be a painting on a wall that was made by painted by your grandfather or something. And so this idea of ownership beyond just currencies or crypto tokens was needed and the punks introduced that idea in its super proto form and we're like okay like how do we take it beyond and add like breeding elements and you know custom contracts and on-chain game mechanics which at that time there was no such thing and then the other thing was the we needed a new standard right a token standard which ERC721 was the standard that Dieter and a few of us uh, worked on at Dapper Labs. And even the word NFTs, that was a term that was coined as a part of that standard by the team here in Vancouver. And for it, there's definitely many hours of stories around that. But I think the gist of it is we never thought NFTs, the term, would become the term. We made it up. It's a highly technical and straightforward term, right? From fungible to non-fungible. And for the, the least the first few years, we tried to like change that term to something else. But I guess the market really liked the three-letter terms, I guess. So yeah, that ended up being uh, what people called it. Fascinating. 
Hey everybody, quick thing here. We're excited to announce Wagme Advisory, your home for all things fundraising, hiring, and partnerships. This is all about supercharging your project with the Wagme network consisting of over 20,000 executives, investors, and builders in crypto, all ready to come alongside your project to help it succeed. Get in touch at team at wagmeventures.io to learn more and figure out if Wagme Advisory is the right fit for your project. Now, let's get back to the show. So let's talk about Future Primitive now. So in your own words, like how would you describe what you guys are building over there and, and what you're working on? Yeah, so as a company, we are focused on really three, the intersections of three things, objects, networks, and narratives. And so the reason why it's, you know, those three things is I really truly believe that the intersection of those three things are def- the defilement of the culture and like the technology side, right? And so for us, as of right now, present day, we're really focused on building up protocol. So we've shifted from a on-chain product studio where we would be working with different partners, launching highly experimental projects to now constructing the token bound protocol, leveraging a new standard that we put out, which is called ERC-6551 or token bound accounts. And the genesis of that was we were working on a PFP project with Jeff Staple called Sapiens with a Z. And it was about 11 months ago where we were like, you know, we wanted the PFP to be able to change outfits or clothing on chain. And we wanted it to be on mainnet and we wanted it to be gasless. And we were like extremely stuck because we looked at Artifact and Doodles and several others. And we were not satisfied with the UX and we didn't really want to move to a different L1 or L2. And so that's when we had a light bulb moment at a ETH San Francisco hackathon around last October, we're like, oh, what if the NFT had its own wallet or own account? What if we combine ERC-4337 or account abstraction, but, you know, tie it to an NFT? And so that light bulb moment led to us to build that project, Sapiens. And and what's really cool is like the NFT has its own account, so it could own its own digital clothing. And to equip it, you sign a message to prove ownership. And then that eventually evolved into ERC-6551, which we published and has a ton of traction during ETH Denver this year. And now we have a, a, a huge community of, of close to 1,700 developers and builders. People are, even the blue chips are looking into it. They're building really awesome experiments around it. And one of the things I want to clarify is ERC-6551 or or token bound accounts is not a token standard. I mean, a lot of people, they get confused and they think that, oh, it's it, it, this is going to replace ERC-721 or 1155, right, or 998. But 6551 is not a token standard. What it does is it actually it links every NFT from the beginning of time, including CryptoKitties, every CryptoKitty, all 2 million, to the latest NFTs like Azuki, Bored Apes, Moonbirds. All of them automatically have their own accounts. That means that it gives every NFT three new properties. One is asset ownership. So every NFT now, including your squiggles or any NFT art, it, it could, you could put any assets inside. It could be ERC20, ETH, USDC, 1155, 721, etc. The second property, which is really interesting, is social identity. So for the first time ever, you can actually log in as your NFT on any dApp, as long as they support 1271. And so you're probably used to the user experience of going to OpenSea or Uniswap, and then you're connecting as your MetaMask or Rainbow Wallet. Well, now with Wallet Connect, you can actually log in as your board ape. 
or your Azuki or your Doodles and perform a trade as your NFT. So that's super cool that you could finally have your NFT as an on-chain identity rather than just screenshotting it for a PFP. And the third thing, which is where we think is the future, is it allows every NFT to be programmed. And this starts getting into the AI territory or the LLMs, right? And so we really believe in a future where let's say you own 100 NFTs and maybe you pick one or three of them or one or two of them that you really love that you log in as your NFT on different dApps. But 98 of them sit there in cold storage or hot in your hot wallet doing nothing, right? And so we believe a future where you can actually program them to perform on-chain productivity or entertainment tasks. And what that would look like is imagine you talk to your doodle and you're like, hey, doodle, I want you to collect the latest music NFTs on sound.xyz and it goes and buys the latest based on your preference. Or, hey, Azuki, I want you to collect this week's open editions on Zora and it goes and does it for you. Or last but not least, like, hey, Bored Ape, I want you to perform MEV on Uniswap and it has it comes up with a strategy and then it performs that task for you, right? And so that's kind of the three new properties, asset ownership, social identity, and programmability that token bond accounts enable for every single NFT. So cool. Okay. I love it. So as you think about those elements, which one is the one that you've you personally connect most with that gets you most excited. I'm curious, as you look, kind of think about really like downstream effects of how things could change, which one really do you kind of have the most conviction in? Yeah, so I definitely have an answer there. One thing I would kind of put in is like token bond accounts. What's really interesting is for the last six years since the start of NFTs, when you bought a NFT, you acquired the asset, right? So it's in your wallet. But the biggest problem across the board is you have no control over the utility, right? You can think about every single NFT that's been available in this space. You kind of sit there and you wait for the companies to deliver some sort of on-chain experience or game or some event or some party. And if they don't do it, well, too bad, so sad, right? So there's really an imbalance of like, oh, I spent a quarter million on an asset, but I don't even get to control the utility or have a say. And so what I get really excited about is with token amount accounts, in the near future, there will be like some sort of app store that you can bring your NFT, your board ape or any NFT, and you can actually plug in breeding, battling, wrapping, staking, nesting, any of these on-chain you know, mechanics into your NFT project. And you as the owner, you have that control. And the creators of the projects, they just have to accept it. And so, you know, TBAs are a general account and utility uh, layer, which gets me really excited. And that's kind of going to be the precursor genesis of this whole automated future, right? Or the program future where now that you have staking and burning and wrapping that you can plug into your NFT, well, the next natural state is then you can program it and chain it together like something like Zapier or if this and that, and then your NFT can go perform those tasks on your behalf. So cool. Okay, cool. So I want to turn, because I, I want to circle back to maybe what you guys are thinking about right now and kind of, you know, maybe next month to three months, what you guys are working on. But I'd be remiss if I didn't ask maybe some more general questions about kind of the space right now, given it's kind of an interesting moment. So how do you view the state of crypto these days? Where are we at right now and how should people kind of think about the season we're in? 
Yeah, this is a great question. So I actually wrote a, a thread about this recently. And basically what I said is, I, I really do believe the next wave of NFTs is coming in the next six months. And here's several reasons. One is they're across the board for most of the NFT companies. There's been hundreds, if not thousands of layoffs. And a lot of them uh, are my good friends that are at these companies. But what's really exciting is, you know, with that type of change, there's always going to be a, a new emergent cohort of folks that are highly capable and highly motivated. And so I'm really confident that, you know, although sad that a lot of my friends have now kind of transitioned out of these companies. It is exciting that now they have the freedom to start playing around with some of the new things that are there. And then talking about new things, like there's been a huge movement around onboarding, like, you know, progressive web apps, notifications, pass keys. You look in a Farcaster, even this weekend, you can mint Azora right in the feed or subscription models using AA MPCs. You're starting to see dynamic NFTs leveraging on-chain renderers and ERC-6551, you're starting to see people with unique distribution strategies. And so you kind of add all these elements together with talent and the tech and the motivations. And what you get is the right mixture of something that's about to pop off. And so, uh, yeah, I really, I think the current state of it is we're in a credible moment. I think early next summer, that's when things are going to start to launch. And we're going to see, you know, I always say that because I've had the fortunate chance to be, be part of the first wave and the second and now the third, I think that, you know, the next wave that's coming will not look like the blue chip wave that we've seen in, in the last two years, right? Uh, I don't think it will be a 10K PFP uh, model. And even if it is, there's probably an element of like being able to change the outfits and digital clothing and all of that. So yeah, I'm really excited about the next six months. Love it. Okay. So one thing I'm curious about, it's kind of a recurring question, actually, where if that's kind of the moment we're in right now, if you kind of put on your maybe uh, <laughs> crystal ball or look into your crystal ball, I'm curious, how do you fill in the blank if I say the future of crypto is blank? Yes, the future of crypto is all about NFTs. Yeah, I have this saying that I really do believe that NFTs are eating the world. It's a kind of a play on, on A16Z software is eating the world. And I really do believe it. I think that NFTs to date, people have just seen them as digital art. But there's a real future that NFTs are actually, because NFTs now come with an account, they're almost acting as like a portable wallet or account that can be assigned to a new user. So yeah, the future of crypto is going to be all about NFTs, uh, especially if we're talking about mainstream adoption. I really don't think it, it, it will be around ERC-20s, even though those to me are like, supporting roles that, you know, help network effects kind of start spinning the flywheel. But uh, at the end of the day, I think NFTs is where value is accrued. Very cool. Okay. So I want to ask you about what you guys are up to right now. But right before that, I think I'm curious because you're involved as an advisor or investor in some really fascinating projects like Storyverse and SoundXYZ and STEMS Labs. And these are projects all about stories and music and art and fashion. So I'm curious, like, how do you select the right projects for you specifically that you kind of uniquely believe in? Yeah, I think culture to me is anything that has a deep root around narratives and has the ability to kind of influence the, the zeitgeist of, you know, how a group of people think about it. So like I, I see it in different areas, like there's 
fashion, which is the one that I kind of dug into in 2018. I sold the first digital dress with the fabricant. And then music is a really big area. I think about photography. That's actually more recently. We have an, a toy experiment that's in that photography side, thinking about film. So, you know, there, there's all these buckets. And the biggest challenge is, is like, you know, it's when you dive into these buckets, you really have to spend the time to think about all of the different players, right? Like players, like for example, for music, like there's music record labels, there's agents, there's managers, there's the musicians themselves. And so it's a very complex, like, you know, biodiverse, like ecology that you have to analyze and think about, oh, how does NFTs fit in here, right? I think it's really easy in this space where narratives become the predominant way of people making sense of things. For example, in the first phase of music NFTs, in, including some of the companies that I advise and, or invested, is around like, oh, Spotify is evil right that spotify as a company they're the ones taking the extra money from the artist but if you look at it from an ecology standpoint like they're just squeezed in the middle between record labels right and so it's really important to to think deeply about those relationships and then be like is the timing even right right is, is the fan base of of musicians are they ready to take on acquiring nfts and what's the purpose and that's something that and going back to nba top shot like we spent nearly i think thousands of hours of user interviews we invited and flew people in that were nba fans um, basketball card collectors you know hype beasts into our office at dapper and showed them prototypes asked them hundreds of questions and those thousands of hours collectively really built a strong understanding of like what does it mean to be to build something that involves around the basketball culture and have digital collectibles and that's something that i think in this space in all these cultural buckets that a lot of folks don't spend that much time right that homework instead they just jump to the the immediate conclusion of like oh let's just shove nfts in here and then hopefully it works and sometimes it does at least for a short term but then you'll see that it, it doesn't really like consistently uh, work out so yeah that that would be kind of the things I've, I've been seeing super cool okay benny last question here for you what is your team working on right now and what's the best way for people to follow along on the journey yeah, so we're working on the Tokenbound protocol. The best way to follow what we're doing is go to tokenbound.org or also follow our Twitter at ERC6551. Um, and the company is Future Primitive. So yeah, definitely check it out. I always encourage folks that go to tokenbound.org, connect your wallet, and then see all of your NFTs and their, t their Tokenbound accounts. And you can actually send assets there and use it and connect to different dApps. So playing with it is the best way to learn about it. So thank you so much. And we're really excited to invite folks to try it out. Super cool. Benny, thank you so much for coming on. Fascinating stuff you guys are working on and I'm pumped to follow along myself. So keep up the great work and I'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tanner. All right. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, go ahead and maybe give us a good five-star rating and subscribe wherever you're getting your podcasts so you can get all the latest conversations with the most interesting crypto founders, investors, and builders from across the world. Thanks so much. Have a good one.